Hello, everybody. It's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. It's a big week in gaming with Gen Con kicking off. But if you haven't managed to make it to there, you can spend your weekend with us instead as we take you through the last seven days in gaming news from across the industry. On top of that, one lucky viewer will be in with a chance to win Dragonbane from Free League. Not this one. This one's mine. Uh, but there is a complete starter bundle. So the GM screen the starter set, plus the dice that you will need to play. Uh, if you want to be a winner of that, you need to comment below on the YouTubes, be a subscriber, and if you can do all the social media doobly-doo as well, that would be great. Don't forget to ding Warren's dong. I know he likes it. Otherwise, sit back, relax, because your weekend starts here. Hello everyone and welcome to The Weekender. I'm joined this week by Ben, Shay and Justin. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yay. To uh, talk about all things gaming, see what sort of stuff I can insult this week. Who knows? <laughs> Could <laughs> be anything me. at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. We have a big week coming up next week, uh, oh. which people may have, have noted the subtle hint uh, last week that uh, the doomed is coming mm -hmm. doomed is coming to the tabletop myself and Shay have been playing uh, a fair bit of it yeah yep but too I've much been of getting it. a fair bit of it uh, so <laughs> next week we're going to have a little mini campaign, some interviews. Uh, I'll be doing a bit of kit bashing and building and scratch building and stuff. Mm -hmm. There'll be use of a tentacle maker. It's amazing. Fantastic. So if yeah. if you're interested in the Doomed, I know it's just come out this week. In fact, mm -hmm. I believe it comes out today. Uh, yeah. If you've pre-ordered it, it may be winging its way to you. Uh, if you haven't, you want to find out more about it, then tune in next week and you can see uh, whether or not the Doomed is for you. Let me put it like this. The Doomed is horrifying. They're called horrors for a reason. Uh, theoretically, it's a competitive, collaborative game. You need to be collaborative much more so than myself and Shay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. On many occasions. From, from what I saw, it, the thing is just continuously coming for your butthole. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic sci-fi world where everything's gone horribly wrong and you are doomed. And I think the game lives up to that in every way, shape and form. So you can keep an eye out uh, for that if that whets your whistle. Uh, this week, obviously, Gen Con, mm -hmm. huge news will be coming out over the weekend, uh, so we'll probably talk a lot about that next week. Um, a couple of people who are over at Gen Con this week showing off stuff are Corvus Belli and Infinity, uh, mm -hmm. plus possibly some of their other bits and pieces like uh, War Crew and the like as well. So there'll be that. Akron Falls. And Akron Falls from Ramper Design, which is set in the Infinity universe, um, and we had a, a Let's Play of that. This week, which if you haven't seen, is a ship-to-ship -ship space combat game set in the Infinity Universe, uh, lurking around the, the 
world of Acheron. So if you fancy some spacey uh, naval engagements where distance and maneuvering matters, mm. then uh, you should check that one out because it's a really fun, fun strategic game um, because it's not just, it's, it's not like you're playing a fighter game on a black background. You actually are in command of a ship, you have decisions to make where your resources go and then how to maneuver in the mm. vastness of space. So uh, it does a, an exceptional Vectored job. movement. Oh. I absolutely love vectored movement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, for me, it's the fact that as you're taking damage, some of your crew might die and therefore you can't man your guns as well. You can't run mm. your engines or your shields as well. You can't, you know, repair yeah. as well. It's really cool. You, you may just have to get to the point where you're just going, well, we had a good innings uh, forward. Ramming speed, which works particularly well if you happen to be space apes, but you know, we'll leave it at that. Uh, but they're over at Gen Con as well, so you'll be able to find out more about that presumably over the weekend. Um, so yeah, just check those out, keep an eye on all of that sort of thing. Mm. Gen Con's always big, there's always big news at the Jenny Connie. I don't mm. know why. We've got a little bit of it, some a uh, little bit in this show. But, uh, yeah. We do. We do have a little bit. We'll, we'll get into that later on in the news. Uh, but first off, it's time for the most important part of the week. It is, of course, the Indie of the Week. Yay. And this week's Indie of the Week is Via Ludi Bunda. Which I thought was an amazing name. Uh, yeah, it's not the name of a politician's sex party in Italy. No, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it's not many miles away. Uh, Berlusconi, <laughs> gone but not forgotten. Not many miles away from that, uh, but it's a very small little fantasy range. Ooh. Um, now they have a host of various flavors, as you can see down mm -hmm. here. Some are bigger than others. We'll just have a gentle meander through them. Um, it's not one particular sculptor working with them. Uh, they get okay. different sculptors in. Um, so you have, for example, the Pirate Goblin crew, which are absolutely adorable and, uh, and have been sculpted by none other than the Goblin Master himself. The Goblin Master. Kev yeah. Adams. I mean, um, anybody who wants to get their hands on some wacky-looking Kev-based piratey Goblin types. Proper classic-looking goblins. Look, put them on your blood and plunder table and really annoy all the very historical players. <laughs> <laughs> that one's got a peg leg. Are you not in Tortuga in 18-whatever? <laughs> goblins no, it's, everywhere. It's got to be Gob Goblin Tuga. Army showed up. Yeah. It's got to be Gobtuga. Yeah. Gob Gobtuga. <laughs> if we have a look at... Uh, That's now going to be a board game, you know, Justin, called Gobtuga, where you play as goblin pirates. Yeah, so. I will accept a 5% commission. <laughs> shocking, absolutely shocking stuff. That's Jark Speru, the Goblin Pirate Captain. Very, yeah, very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. I like that he does actually have the proper, like, eighteenth. Oh yeah, no, late seventeenth, yeah. you know, eighteenth century uh, coat with the mm -hmm. uh, lacing and stuff on the the turnbacks. Which means you can go for a really bright pop. I mean, lots of people do goblins as grungy and dark. Just go nah. Not today, Mr. Bright Man. Bright poppy goblins. Bright poppy these, goblins. These goblins have gold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no point in there's no point in piracy if you're not going to spend it on looking fashionable. True. Um, the goblin lieutenant is particularly nice with both his hook hand, his uh chicken on his shoulder, and more importantly, he has a duck foot musket. Uh, if you're unaware wow. of a duck foot they are uh, terrifying. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, uh, it just it has multiple barrels, normally around four, splayed out that fire from a single shot. So when it goes, it goes in a volley in 
all directions in front of you. Amazing. When, when you want to hit nothing in all directions. <laughs> that is very much it, Shay. Could you imagine, could you imagine dual wielding duck feet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always You'd that question. Of, you're outnumbered, you're oh, in a fight, God. and it's just, well, I know I'm going to the hospital, but who's joining me? <laughs> oh, in this case, pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, these are amazing. I love yeah, these. Yeah, I love Kev's. Kev's work's always good. I'll look at Grog before we move on. Grog is my favorite. Oh, so cool. Oh, he, he's he's even favorite. got a multi-barrel gun as well. He, he's got multi-barrel. I can't remember the name of it, but it was the... Pepper essentially, it's a revolver. So once you fire, you turn it, reprime the pan, and that, so you can load four wow. up, but you just have to reload your fire um, multiple times. See, it reminds me of one of the strangest revolvers I ever saw. It was a French one where it was a revolver, but it was a revolver with revolver barrels on its original revolver. So it had like seven or eight barrels or yep. revolver sets, six each. And then you would fire your six, then rotate the next one in and have another wow. six ready. It was absolutely mental looking. Way to do That's it. the French. Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing's going to beat the revolver shotgun called the Lady Defender. If you've not seen that, I suggest you have a look for that online. Uh, nobody is ever wielding that one-handed, and certainly Wiki not a lady is going to keep that in her purse. Um, so yes, so nice little set of pirate goblins. Uh, mm. Also, like it does say underneath who makes most of the stuff. Some of the older ranges, the sculptor is not attributed, um, but it, it's nice to see because you spot things, and then you go, oh, they're nice. Where do they come from? Who did those? Mm. Uh, as I am one to do. And then I go off on a little sojourn mm -hmm. through the internet to find out what else they've done. And in some cases, I mean, you'll see things later on um, that we've come across the sculptors before working for other people. Yeah. Uh, so these course, are from Jerry, Tim. Because they're metal, Jerry will buy them to continue his uh, load testing experiment for his attic. Yep. It's good, <laughs> good times. Uh, so what do you need to put up against your goblin pirates? Skelly Bob Pirates, and these mm. come via Tim Prow uh, of Die Hard. Great sculptor. Yeah, yeah Die Hard fame. Mm. And they are, again, really nice, solid sculpts. Mm. These ones, I, I allow you to be a bit more dingy and dirty. They are, after all, dead. Mm. They probably don't take as much care of themselves as they should. I, I, I'd, I love I'd, that grin. I'd paint them wet, as if they've just come out of, like, Davy Jones's locker. You can like, seaweed off them? Yeah. Lots of seaweed, yeah, yeah, seaweed, that'd be cool. I, I will say, a lot of times, skeleton sculpts can be very emotionless, generic. These actually have a bit of flavour to them. They actually, mm. well, this guy looks a little bit sassy. <laughs> the only way to describe That's one way of putting it. They're, they're all very happy in themselves. Look at the grins yeah. on them all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Sassy Skellington. Yeah. I died and I get to live forever with my gun. Yay. <laughs> or oh, my cleaver. Uh, the cookie. Very cool. Yeah. Very nice. They all they all have very fantastic names as well, which I thought was quite nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's that's another old school styling. So Edward Teeth. I mean, it's a bit like, yeah. but not quite, isn't it? Though. Mm. That's what happens Only when hide. you. Yeah. That is what happens when you put uh, fuses in your beard. Though. You are going to end up losing all of the beard whiskers and most of the flesh off your face. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Those are really cool. I like those. Lots of detail. Really nice. It looks like most of them are one piece as well, which is good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Moving away from piracy on the high seas, uh, we have some generic heroes. And these are, I think, are these unattributed ones? Yeah, these are the unattributed ones. So I don't know if these are some of the earlier stuff or where it cropped up from. Um, I love stupid. 
Yeah, I wonder if this one has the little bald spot on it to hide having syphilis. Tonsor. Mm. Yeah. No, it does not. Unfortunate. He's got more like a Norman bull cut on him. Yeah. Mm. Although, like all good clerics, doesn't use edge weapons. Because you're not allowed to draw blood. But I mean, with that flange, look at that flange, Mace. There won't be much left at the end of that. No. If you turn it into a formerly human-shaped meat bag, it works. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's certainly a way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Very nice. Back from there. Very clean, clean like lines on the sculpts as well. Mm, I like yeah. I like just how crisp they are. I suppose it depends on your sculptor in question. Some some have very specific styles. I mean our barbarian classic barbarian type, he's got a bit of armor on, or at mm. least something strapped across his chest. Who knows? Looks like the hero from an eighties, nineties TV show, which is probably a good thing. Looks like one of the so. barbarian twins. <laughs> Well, buy two, and then you can have the barbarian twins. Yeah, you just spend your time arguing over who gets the axe and who gets the sword. I want the axe. No, give me back the sword. Another one for the kids. There, I feel. Mm-hmm. An elf with knives. Filthy racist elf, elf. about yep. to scare somebody up. <laughs> but again, nice. I mean, the nice thing about these are there's nothing tying them to a specific period game mm. or setting they yeah. are just nice crisp fantasy classic looking sculpts mm-hmm. he could quite happily go in the front rank of Scarlock's wood elf archers and wouldn't look completely out of place mm-hmm. if i didn't already have two commands for Scarlock's front road's getting very very full for Scarlock's archers in my <laughs> army i'm just saying <laughs> a lot of people jostling for command a lot of people a lot of twins in that unit twins and triplets wild lara a female rogue, which locking has a, butlers in the fridge for uh, that's that could be it, very yeah. much so. I, I will assume the middle name is Croft. <laughs> she certainly got a cleft, anyway. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> nice that's generic cool. wizard, yeah, which are always good because I feel wizards and necromancers and the like often get overdone sometimes. And trying to find one where you can just go, well, he is a ah, uh, without being absolutely cluttered with other bits and pieces. Mm. Yeah, tricky. he is magically without being themed to being a chronomancer of the third order. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah, because most of the time when there is, ma- that is where you're going to see real delineation. When somebody has made a wizard for a game, then they, more than anything else, tend to be really done to the nines. I like mm. him because with a black robe, he could easily be a necromancer. A nice yeah. red robe, he could be wrestling. You know, it's up to you. We have our hardy jugger, a little apprentice stabber. <laughs> Stabby. Not to be confused Just with a little boy. welding halfling. Little boy. Oh, Tiny. Doesn't even fill the screen. Does he fire toothpicks? <laughs> the, the jugger feels just like a waif that has been picked up on the roadside. Yeah. I like to imagine it's a salute to salute to the juggers, the Rukahar film. Ah, uh, okay. It won't be, because that's a completely different genre, but it means I get to say salute to, salute to. Uh, anything to make your day brighter, Jerry? Yep, very much so. That's something you don't see a lot of. Polearm-based wielding people, yeah. specifically, yeah. that's sort of the, 
Naginata style as well. Zombie because in D and D, anything that's an exotic weapon is usually pretty awful. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> there is that. Better off with a ten foot laser pole. Yeah. There's a little half orc doing his half orcly goodness. Yeah. Uh, we shall move away from the norks and have a, a quick look. Dwarves are relatively slim. Dwarfs. Uh, so Love we'll a good dwarf first. And I believe these come courtesy of. Uh, <laughs> Thoughty, spiky, and shooty. shooty. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think these are all Mark Evans, who who does oh, the wow. fantasy and a lot of stuff for Crooked Dice. I think. Hmm. Uh, I can scroll down and find out. Actually, to be brutally honest. Very uh, classic Citadel looking mm. dwarves. Like nice studded the, the, armor. The studded armor is a nice touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's normally when you see a dwarf, it's always going to be like heavy chain mail they in. Yeah. Or like full plate. These, these are your city guard types. Yeah. They don't get up too much, don't wander around a lot, get yeah. really annoyed when somebody wakes them up. <laughs> well, I mean, unfortunately, in our current D&D campaign, we just blew up a Dwarf City on accident. Wow. Nice. Why, why would you blow one up by accident? Well, or do, on when accident, you say on accident, do you mean purpose? You did it deliberately? No, no. You're just telling people it was an accident? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the element of core got very annoyed with my character after he punched it. Oh. For mm. reasons. Filthy, filthy reasons. I like him. Who is it? Uh, oh, nope. That one's. I Then these could be somebody different. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, Mark Evans did. The, Mark uh, Evans has done most of them, but then that's a different. And then one. That's okay. another. Mm-hmm. I can't read that with my eyes from Madrin, where I live. Madrin Vallette. Well done. That's somebody to go looking for later on, and I will, because mm-hmm. I'm me. Um, but yeah. I'll crack open these last couple. We'll just have a quick look. You've got couple a couple of, of human uh, types, sort of there. more guard types, and again, classic slash generic. I like to think that fighter. he got his helmet put on and he can't take it off. Can't get it it's off. It's actually yeah. just yeah. stuck. <laughs> like, like, He's actually screaming eternally yes. <laughs> with that helmet. <laughs> like Manan uh, from Knights of Dark Renown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He refused to go through the portal, and uh, therefore he's trapped inside his armor, slowly being choked by his own beard. It's a great book. <laughs> Absolute classic. Uh, the elves, we have a few regular type elves with bows. Clever elf with a stick to that keep people far away. Yeah. Again, looking very racist, as all elves do. <laughs> that haughty look in its eyes that it's seen worse things, but not often, and only on the bottom of its shoe. Yeah. These look like they might be two-part. In some of them, well, they could be, but yeah, yeah. basic archer. It does feel like this is just covering all of your your basics for any of your fantasy stuff. Mm. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, it's it's nice to have somebody you can just go for the basics. Mm. We yeah, have it, fun- it, wow. it's the mark of wargaming minis. <laughs> Everybody likes a good fungus monster. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, I know Warren's a fan of the shroomage. He's such a fun guy. He is. <laughs> Puffball. I, those are really nice. I could see these as classic uh, horrors as well. Yeah. Yeah. You paint them up in sort of blues and pinks and stuff. You don't get enough fungus creatures throwing puffballs as sort of blast That's damage true. weapons, do you? Yeah. People should really well, do I that. Mean, with us doing the Dune Week next week, something like this would be a great monster to add in as your horrors. Mm. Mm. 
Oh, don't worry. There's plenty. There's plenty of things that these could drop into for the doomed, whether horrors or minions or friends of friends. There's Please stop saying horror or doomed in my presence. I'm getting flashback. PTSD, <laughs> 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 Shay. <laughs> Just to roll a double. Oh! <laughs> shock test, Shay. Shock test. Oh, I love this. It's a very different take on a big ogre. Mm. It's it's what a again as if you're dark ringer a little bit. Yeah. But it's the fact it's a big hairy beastie type. Yeah. It's you know, it's kind of a yeti meets mm-hmm. ogre. So it's got that monstrous look without just being a big fat human. Yeah. Which is yeah. nice and different. because uh, those are always good. Good for laugh. Mm. Got like a Nordic bent to it. Which I kind of like. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, th- those are the the miniature lines that nice they little section have. of stuff. Yeah. They're obviously a, sh- a store that has a whole host of various other bits and pieces that you can grab. Um, mm-hmm. They are on the continent, uh, so if you're in the UK, you may have. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. If you're in Great Britain, huh, Brexit, you mm-hmm. may have import duties. Um, we won't Northern Ireland, obviously, because we're great. But if you're after Rest something a little bit different, uh, it's. It's a nice little bespoke range. Hopefully they'll keep adding to it. Um, we'll see more coming from them in the future. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure where exactly they live. Uh, France, there we go. France says, just says there. Oh, so it's not an Italian. No, no, it's not. Uh, it's not a bunga bunga party. No, no. no. <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, right. While Ben goes off and has a lie down and tries not to think about those parties, uh, we're going to take a look at the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the motherfucking news. <laughs> okay, we are back for the news. And first news, big news, but small news. Mm. what news? News and news news? Epic news. <laughs> well, is it big scale, small scale news? Small scale. Uh, so, Mantic Games teased back in April, that they had plans for Warpath, and their plans were to debigulate Warpath um, so that you could actually play these massive scaled games in a very, very small way. Uh, And they've been working on that principle now for the last 18 months or so in design and um, playtesting. And then uh, another company, uh, who's also in Nottingham, Came along, Small, and went, yeah, we're coming one. We're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do something as well, mm-hmm. which has kind of put the scupper on Mantic to a certain extent. Um, there's a, a video there in the post where Ronnie discusses the sort of plans, which was to play a 15 mil version of Warpath um, rather than the standard 28 mil. So you can see there, tiny little enforcer with missile launcher and a tiny little strider. Look at him; he's looks so good, so cute. Um, in a bespoke game for Warpath. So if you're unaware, Warpath came out many, many years ago. Uh, came out uh, like Kings of War as a sort of a little basic freebie type thing. Then they, they went to Kickstarter and got uh, the funding to produce uh, that, which ended up being upside down, which ended up being the sci-fi game which was multi-based units um, on like movement trays. So you could, the units would be removed like in Kings of War when they finally got killed up. 
uh, Firefight was in there as well as a, a little supplementary game, so on and so forth. People may have noticed that Firefight uh, got revamped last year. Uh, massively so. Won the game of the year. They have mentioned it, though. Very strange. Um, but with a new edition of Dead Zone, a new edition of Firefight, they were looking at Warpath with a, a view to doing something different. Firefight and Warpath were same scale, different sized games you were supposed to be playing, but they more or less cannibalized each other. They, you could do what you wanted to do in uh, Warpath with Firefight. So it was back to the drawing board and then go small, change up how things play. Um, but now they're, they're at this quandary, they're at a crossroads where are there the people willing to buy into it when there wasn't epic about people may have gone oh i want to play a small scale game now epic's coming back out with logistical impossibility or whatever it's called legions imperialis sure yeah. <laughs> will people want to will people want to play warpath now that that's coming out because you know people sometimes people will play things because they're available sometimes people will play things because of the rules and because they want to yeah so there's a blog post that they've popped up uh, essentially explaining this and has access to a 30-page Warpath rule set. Uh, the game itself is alternating activation, uh, three-phase structures. You have a command phase where you roll your command dice and then apply orders to your units um, blind so your opponent doesn't know whether you've told people to advance and, or sprint. If you sprint into combat, you assault. If you don't get into combat, then you can't do anything else. If you advance, then you can still shoot. But the idea is you lay out your movement orders as does your opponent, you reveal them all, and then you alternative activation. So units are going to be moving and blah, blah, blah. Then all the shooting and fighting is done in one combat phase. Uh, and again, it's alternate activation unit by unit. So there, there's things like that, plus command structure, where your commander gets uh, tactical abilities that he can use to sort of buff and, and the like. So essentially what they're asking is, are people interested? The interesting one for me is obviously there's a lot of Mantic fans who go, yes, definitely. But then there's a lot of non-Mantic fans who may be interested but haven't heard about it. Or mm. uh, there'll be Epic fans who wanted to play different races and now um, Xenos allies and stuff, coming yeah. back yeah. just as Horus Heresy. Yeah. So you've just Ranging got humans, humans against humans. Mm -hmm. Long story short, too late. Um, the blog is up. There's a little video where Matt and Ronnie chat about it. Um, yeah. and, and essentially they've got a survey. Uh, it's a one-question survey which is, do you want to support Warpath? And if so, how? So you've got four choices that you've read the rules and Warpath isn't for you. Don't care. Uh, I'd love to play Warpath if Mantic released it as fully digital first. So PDF rules on the companion app and STLs from the vault. Uh, and then I suppose companies like uh, Gameco or whatever to print them if you don't have access to a 3D printer. You'd play Warpath if it was a small release through the company, some using some other materials like CoCast or resin, or just do a smaller, more defined thing, um, or they'd support it as a full game with core units and hard plastic terrain and physical books. Which even was their had, original plan, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah um, so. Even if I had to go via crowdfunding, the original plan was a two-player starter set with the Enforcers and the Plague in it, um, and then a second wave release with forge fathers and asterians so yeah. races space elves and robots um <laughs> so yeah it's really they just throwing it out there if people 
our interest in that small scale game. You can go and take a look at the rules, see what you mm -hmm. think about it, and then see whether or not it's something that you'd like to support. Obviously, there's a lot of companies doing small scale stuff now. So you've got like um, full spectrum dominance is one that immediately comes to mind. Um, mm. Each of them have their own little unique uh, way about them. This, I think, looks like it could be very interesting. It, the rules I've seen, the rules that you can go and have a look at are very interesting anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's one for people who are interested in sci-fi and possibly doing something a bit different mm. because when you drop to the scale, as I've talked about before, you can do different things. You can bring in bigger um, vehicles or things yeah. that wouldn't be physically possible in 28 mil or shouldn't be on a table in 28 mil. Mm. Uh, Lord of War, I'm looking at you. Um, but also then you can play a different style games. So you're playing that command and control element. You're playing the strategy rather than just playing miniature against miniature. So yeah. there's a lot going on. I think that 50 mil range seems like a good one as well. I think I like, so. it's, it's yeah. enough detail on it to really give you an idea of what's going on. Uh, and then it's still small enough that when you're playing on a six by four, that you can have you know, what looks like big groups of stuff. I mean, the, mm. the armor building is relatively simple. You've got a commander. You you take sections, you take cores like regiments. So you, you have a commander, uh, and then that commander can take up to four troops. Uh, each troop can have up to one specialist attached to it. And for every two troops, you can have one support option, so like artillery or flyers. Right. Um, and then you can have multiple cores within your force. Uh, and then sort of squad sizes are like six bases for maybe mm. um, like enforcer jet bikes or standard infantry might be six bases mm. for a section. Uh, or three bases for some of the bigger stuff. So it's little squads doing their do, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it sounds fascinating. I'm, I am a fan of the Mantic um, Warpath universe and the like. Um, and I like, the, <laughs> I like the system that they've come up with. Um, it's sitting in a, an interesting spot for me, dropping to a smaller scale, great. But I'm looking at it and going, is there enough in there to give it teeth to give it legs um some of the stuff that they, they talk about i'm looking at going well i could easily push that into firefight so it's it's, it's, it's a kind of on the cusp what I are you going to say out. justin as well sorry there you go well it's just i'm thinking about this for mm -hmm. mantic if they are really concerned with the new workshop one coming out the digital route through the vault i would say definitely a great idea definitely the way i would suggest as like an initial test release for the company because then it gets out there, it gets it into people's hands. And Mantic with the, I'd say out of what they're doing, the smallest amount of risk and investment for the company can actually start getting the information in as to whether or not people are liking it, get people playing it, talking about it, feeding back into them. Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's, that's kind of where Ronnie and the boys should be aiming toward for this particular release. Mm -hmm. I'll quietly yeah. just throw money at Kickstarter. But that's <laughs> the other if thing I, if I don't well. have to go anywhere well, that, that, STL ever. That's the thing. We we are gamers, so I know mm. exactly what's going to happen with the survey. The majority is going to go, no, just do the full release. We want the full release. Mm. We want the full release. The, the Kickstarter is a good barometer for that, though, as well, because if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work and they it, go 3D. Yeah, they, if they it they does fun, work, yeah. they yeah. make what they make for the Kickstarter backers and then decide where they go from there. Mm. The, I think the, another big thing that's really in their favor is that they've released the full Play, well, not playtest rules, but the full manuscript of the rules as it stands so far, mm -hmm. so people can see what the game's like. One yeah. of the things that Epic doesn't, well, not Epic, Legions Imperialis doesn't have at the moment is that we've heard rumors and whispers of what the mechanics are like and how it works, but no in depth rules. And we're not going to get that until the game comes out in yeah. late August. Whereas with 
Warpath now, people can go and literally look at those rules as they stand and yep. make an informed decision about the game and whether or not they want to mm. dive in on it. So, Well, yeah. it, it comes down to a very basic question then between the two companies as gamers. Who do you trust to do a superior rule set? Mantic, Mantic. or Workshop? Well, again, it's mm. it's a bit of a rhetorical question for myself yep. anyway, because I've seen Mantic's work. I know they do good work. I know they do good playtesting. I know Workshop doesn't really do it. They theoretically... Mm know how it's going to run but then you get day one patches or day one erratas mm. leagues of Otan looking at you mm. also the chances are that Warpath's going to be decidedly more affordable than Legion's Imperialis is a yeah. game yep. so, that, yeah. <laughs> if, if it takes off you can be pretty damn sure that the range will expand to be bigger mm. better give you more miniatures to play with more tactical options to mess around with you know mm. Legion Imperialis it's going to be basically a one and done with maybe what a couple of three releases through the year Dunno. Uh, the thing is, right, know. They, they could go deep into it, or it could end up yeah. being. I don't know. It's it feels like it's going to be one of their specialist games, and you know, when's the last time we saw anything like big or groundbreaking come out for any of them? I don't know. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying it, to work I, out what there is the specialist game range this year, yeah, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. For me, one of the things that's quite interesting about this is that I've always been tempted by Firefight and the and the Warpath mm. universe. But the thought of having another 28 mil army has always been sort of like, oh, I don't really want to get that. But if, if it came out in that 15 mil scale, I could dive in and pick up things like Forge Fathers, which will have very, very vehicle heavy lists and big, mm. mon- well, not monsters, but Iron Ancestors and yeah. that kind of thing, the Walkers. Yeah. And it's not going to be as hard to paint those, especially with the contrast and speed mm. paints and stuff yeah. out there as well now. So. Off. Jerry, just imagine multiple units of the Tunnel Runners. No. <laughs> oh, can't, you can't make me. Um, yeah, if, it's one of those things. If people are interested, um, go and, and watch the video, have a look at yeah. the blog, and mm-hmm. take a look at the rules and vote on the survey because they really are asking: is is this worth their while? It was planned that they would be going forward with it, but if if there's not the <laughs> this if, month as if well, <laughs> there's not the interest for it, then there's there's no point in going any further. Um, yeah. If you have any questions you want to ask Mantic. Uh, I've been in contact with them, and I think I'm getting to sit down with Matt next week um, to talk about this, uh, and maybe Alessio as well, because they brought Alessio in to help tweak the rules. He's helped refine the rules. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't know whether or not Alessio is going to be there. Uh, he may be. Um, but, I'm, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm I, have sure an op- can... I have an opportunity to okay. chat to them about what the plans are and, and maybe go into a bit more detail. So, mm. yeah, there's enough out there already. Um, but I thought it was very interesting, uh, the approach to go well. Let's go to the market. Can the market sustain us? Does the market want us? Uh, and if not, then we'll no, just release more Kings of War for me. We'll be fine. Actually running, it's fine. We're okay. Again, this is why I think doing it that, that digital way through the vault first, it, it gives them the best idea of will it be sustainable? Will it be something that they yeah. can have survive? Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. Time will we shall see how it plays out, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Atomic Mass Games then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it so... Their their big uh, announcement from Gen Con uh, for for the for the moment anyway uh, is that we're going to be getting a new core set um, for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Uh, so the new core set is called Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Makes sense considering the the characters they got inside it, and it's them going back to the original heroes from that first. Um, start set that came out uh, back in 2019 um, and revamping them with new um, look miniatures where they've learned a lot more in terms of design and production and everything like that alongside providing people with another entry point into the Marvel Crisis Protocol 
world and the game itself um, with some more up-to-date rules that, again, sort of tie into how the game has changed and evolved through into, you know, 2020, 2023 and further into 2024 as well. Um, so the starter set, again, comes with all the heroes that you know from before. So you've got Captain Marvel, who comes in two forms. Uh, you've got Spider-Man, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Black Widow and Iron Man. And on the villain side of things, although, of course, with Crisis Protocol, you can mix things up as much as you like. You've got Baron Zemo, Doctor Octopus. Uh, Crossbones, Ultron, uh, Red Skull, and the Ultron drones. So they've already, as you as you sort of probably guessed from me talking through those, included a couple of interesting things there that have developed over the course of the game's life. So they've got transforming characters in there. So you've got the sort of normal and binary version of Captain Marvel alongside the addition of the Ultron drones. So you've got your sort of goons, your 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 basic. Um, sort of soldier types in the game as well now which is quite cool which we saw sort of introduced when they started to do agents of shield and things mm. um i think it was last year at this point uh, but you've got new updated plastic models as you can see there and we saw that there was a much more detailed and interesting uh, set of sprues for the different characters for you to put together um the core set also comes with updated terrain you also get all of the accessories and tokens and dice that you need to start playing as well um so it's essentially them going how did the core set go down when we first launched it? This is what was great. This is what we've changed in the intervening years between now and then. And here's what we're bringing back to the tabletop to give people a new entry point into the game. Um, all the rules and stuff, you know, everything's compatible. So everything that's been coming out over the last little while can still be used and stuff like that. Um, the only additional thing that they're going to be launching with this month, actually, is the 2023 Crisis Pack as well. So this comes with all updated scenarios for you to play. Um, so you basically buy that car pack and you'll be able to play any scenario in the game, which is kind of cool. Um, and as you will have seen in the starter set and the video and stuff, there will be updated cards for all of the heroes as they stand now. But there's also going to be packs that will contain um, the original heroes from the core set. So if you want to get those sort of Avengers and the villains from the last... Um, core set that came out the first one you'll be able to pick up the old models as well as the new ones which i think is quite cool i love that they included the captain america sculpt which was is normally seen as the one with the obnoxiously huge chest mm. <laughs> but they've kind of reduced that which is quite cool <laughs> um but yeah so some really nice little models in there i love the black widow one where she's like smashing that ultron yeah. drone um going to be odd when you're going up against other characters I suppose but I think it's a cool one and then also you've got Spider-Man there leaping out of the symbiote um, mm. goo which was really cool I really like the fact uh, they've included Winter Soldier mm, yes I don't yes. think he was in the original story yes, no he wasn't actually was I he? have it behind mm. me I can have a look yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, I painted them up there yeah. yeah because I don't think he was in oh no yeah you're right actually and, yeah um, they I think that's there. the that's same, fine. apart from the drones Zemo, being added. Crossbones, yeah. yeah. Doc Ock, the drones have popped in, the so whether they've they. added yeah. extra. No, he's yeah. definitely not there. Yeah. Well, there you go then. Yeah. So Winter Soldier is a new. Oh, of course, of course, he came out in the in the later sets that were sort of just after the recent things. Weren't yeah. They? Yeah. That was it. So yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Winter Soldier is my favorite. Could you tell why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you're, you're not crying. Yeah. Well. I'm surprised he's not crying for the Crimson Dynamo. <laughs> you time. can get him. So, yeah. Give him time. Um, but as well as the announcement of the Corsair, there was also a look ahead of what they've got coming out throughout 2023 and 2024. So um, the Spider-Man group is mm -hmm. going to be, and Spider-Man and the Spider-Foes effectively are going to be expanded. So you're going to get Gwenum, which is the mm -hmm. Venom symbiote 
Gwen, yes. which is really cool. Very nice. Uh, and they're also going to be doing Scarlet Spider, which is my one of my favorite looks for Spider-Man. Absolutely mm. love him. Very, very cool. And getting nice dynamic models once again, as you can see. Mm-hmm. Somebody's about to be hit upside the head with a lump. <laughs> Have a big concrete post to your head. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, on the other side of things, if you're looking towards the Sinister Six and stuff, we've got some uh, additional miniatures for that. So you've got Electro, Shocker, Sandman, and Vulture being thrown into the mix. It's bringing me right to be... back to the old 90s cartoon. A lot. Yes, of course. Sandman's particularly nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. That that's... I love the the extra bases he has for its, his yeah. like, sandiness coming up out the ground to come after him. Yeah. It's very cool. Very cool indeed. Um, so that's that's what's coming out for people wanting to play as Spider-Man and the rogues gallery that comes alongside him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, for the mutants, there's even more stuff coming out for the X-Men. Uh, so you get a set which will contain Iceman, Bobby, and uh, Kitty Pride there as well, mm-hmm. Shadowcat, uh, alongside, and I've forgotten the name of the dragon. I'm going to remember it now. I'm going to find it now. I'm going to find it now. <laughs> Must not Talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. Lockheed. Lockheed. <laughs> Didn't get it wrong. Lockheed. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nightcrawler so got, and Bishop, uh, obviously, in there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you've got Bishop and Nightcrawler leaping into the action at the same time, which is really cool. Um, love that model for Nightcrawler. I think that's really nice. And the Bishop one's around. great. Um, yeah, uh, and then uh, because you know they they plumb the depths of uh, of the comics and stuff. You've got Xavier, which Xavier, which everybody knows, <laughs> of course. But then the Shadow King, which is one that I wasn't particularly familiar with until I had to go and do a little bit of digging. But yeah, another awesome one there from uh, the X Men background. Peter pick got up lovely fares. Cool. He's got a lovely fares. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> fetching fares. That's the thing that draws the eye as well. Yep. Not the demon. (laughs) Uh, And they're also going to be working on a new Wakandan diorama as well, which will be another one of their big um, sets that comes out. Mm -hmm. The last one they did was the um, Weapon X one, I think it was, Mm. which was Wolverine and Sabretooth outside the um, Weapon X facility. Uh, But this one's going to be the kind of showdown, um, as you can see there, between T'Challa and uh, one of his foes. It's on longer. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Who is his cousin. <clears throat> yes, there you go. Uh, in, in Wakanda. There you go. <laughs> Although it's got a very Masters of the Universe feel to it as well, which I, I quite like. So I can see a lot of people using that to, for some tabletops probably as well. But yeah, very nice. Yeah, so lots of stuff coming out for... Bases? Uh, mm-hmm, yes, they are. So you'll be able to take them out. And, yeah, and but, but do they do... Replace, so when you take the models out, mm-hmm. are the two little inset bases you can put in? So I, you can just use I don't know, actually. Because it that be seems good. like a no-brainer. Yeah. And then yeah. generally... Puddles of water. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just, yeah. just so you don't have two massive gaping holes in the middle of the terrain yeah. when you're not using it as a display piece. Good idea. You always end up with more bases because generally every time they sell a character, you get like yeah. a spruce worth of bases, like four bases with a, a single model, so you get multiples anyway. Yeah. But just for this one where it's specifically water they're standing on, mm-hmm. Hopefully they've remembered we shall have to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if they haven't, you can do a jerry can on it. Nope. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, fair, I'm fairly certain that that will not be anywhere near my budget. Because <laughs> it's what, it's like 50 quid for a single twin pack of figures. So that's going to be yeah, like yeah. 100, 150, 200 pounds. What's that going to be? Who knows? Uh, well, yeah. with import. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so... 
lots of stuff coming out for uh, Marvel Christ Protocol. Mm. Uh, that new core set looks really cool. I know a lot of people are probably going to be diving in and picking that up. As, as I say, you can kind of mix and match things so you don't have to just have heroes versus villains. You can sort of, you know, have Red Skull alongside Captain America and all sorts of things if you want to with yeah, that game. And there's uh, loads and loads of releases for it as well. Whichever way you want to go, there's all the Spider-Man stuff, there's the X-Men, Avengers, everything. So, yeah, And I assume that uh, the company is probably at Gen Con this weekend, so chances are mm-hmm. they might have those on display if you want to get a closer look. Yeah, go and have a look at them. And oh, see what 100% you think. they will yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Alongside are. all the Shatterpoint goodness, Legion and everything else in between. True, Star Wars well. Crisis so, Protocol yeah. will also be there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, I, I am very tempted by Shatterpoint, but oof, that buy-in, man. Yes. But, yeah. Well, you know, mm. just hang on for the Fire Legion soon. That's what I'm waiting for. Um, right, not the only news pre-Gen no. Con, Gen Con news. Yeah. We have uh, WAMPS machines. Mm-hmm. So uh, War Machine's there with uh, Privateer Press, and they have a few awesome goodies that you can pick up. Um, so one of them that's available online, as well as at the show, is a new uh, mercenary set. So this contains Magnus the Unstoppable now. <laughs> he's gone through many iterations, Just but he's now happen, the Unstoppable. happens to have a, a Model 6 RPG. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've got Magnus the Unstoppable there, who comes with uh, Invictus, the Warjack that looks the most Warjack of all Warjacks, which I think is amazing. <laughs> Good dog. Uh, so this is going to be another one of their big kits that you'll be able to get your hands on uh, at Gen Con. Um, so as I say, it's available from their stall if you want to go up and have a look for it, or if you're not there, or you can't get a hold of it for whatever reason, maybe it's sold out or whatever, you'll be able to get it from the... Um, Privateer Press web store at the same time, which is really cool. So if you want to get that set and use it as a mercenary for whatever faction you want to play as, you've got the option to do that. Looking very nice. All 3D printable with lots of magnets and everything, which is always lovely, of course. I'm, um, I'm trying to decide where they've robbed that Warjack from. That top plate above the head is looking a little bit Kadoran. It, it could well be. I, I wish I knew more of the background of Invictus. I, I know that Magnus is quite a fan favourite, apparently, but uh, so and he's gone through the ringer yeah, with various I, factions I, and stuff. I, but, I'm sure uh, he has hijacked that Warjack. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, there are also rules available for them, so if you want to go and check them out in the link down below, you can go and follow it through to the blog where they've got some some uh, some discussion on how he works in game and stuff like that. But on top of that, um, available as well for the first time there's going to be two new core army sets starter army sorry uh, if you did dive into basically the same words but in a different order so you've got dusk house Kalis, uh, which is your uh, sneaky elves uh, dropping back into the world of war machine uh, kicking ass and taking names and getting, lo- getting lots of vengeance um, if I was going to pick a faction to play in the new edition of war machine it would be this one because I think it look awesome it look very cool indeed uh, too spiky um, for my TS too edgy oh, I love edgy I love this the, I love these edgy elves they're so good they listen to my chemical romance <laughs> uh, and then you've also got the brine blood marauders which are very awesome uh and this is the first of their kind of um horde-esque factions i suppose coming back into the game but of course horde doesn't exist anymore it's all under the war machine banner uh so this is your chance to play with your big war beasts rather than your war jacks and a whole host of the probably the most well loved, perhaps, of the kind of hoardy side of things in Privateer Press as well. Uh, the yes. Trollbloods, yeah, makes sense. But, uh, yeah. I love the little griblings down the bottom. Yes, they're amazing, uh, and I, the going with the pirate theme as well, which is just, which is just ace. So yeah, pirate is cool. very much the, the thing at the moment. <laughs> yes, after, after like that, my, indeed, yes, it is. I like yeah. my troll bloods to be uh, all Highlander esque. 
kills oh, Tartan everywhere. That's what I like. Oh, you're, I'm you're sure they're a fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Very interesting. Very um, cool. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff coming out for War Machine at the moment, and I really like that they've got the the new core starter armies available. I think these are ones that are available from the show, mm-hmm. and then they might be available at a later point uh, via their web store. So uh, keep an eye out for that. But uh, oh, yeah. if you are there over the weekend, oh, yeah. maybe go and what? see if you can pick them up. Wishing so. I was there, I'd be right up to the privateer stand, giving <laughs> all my money. Yes. <laughs> which one, so would you go for the? Which one would you go for? Would you go for the Brian Blood Marauders or? I mean, honestly, my favorite faction has always been Kador. Just ah, a big, okay. heavy, right. stompy, chunky yeah. army. Mm-hmm. But out of these, it would definitely be the Trollbloods. There we go. Love it. Great stuff. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, lots of things happening for the world of War Machine. Make sure to go and check out what they're doing and uh, keep an eye out for more stuff because they are starting to ramp things up now a little bit And uh, as the game is out in the world and people are enjoying it and having fun with it. So, yeah, very cool. Right. Mm. We have a whole barrage of World War II news coming our way. Mm. Uh, we're going to start with Vitrix. Yeah. Uh, so Vitrix, who a lot of people will know, have been uh, developing their 12 mil range, uh, which is now incredibly extensive uh, and comes with infantry for both the Allies and the Axis in myriad forms, uh, alongside loads and loads of tanks and other vehicles and things. Uh, they've now added the this week the Fallschirmjäger into the mix for your German forces, for your Axis. Uh, so this is a kit that, in typical Victrix fashion, comes with a heck of a load of miniatures. There's 196 in total <laughs> uh, for a knockdown price, as most of their kits are. Um, the set allows you to build um, miniatures using, well, not build, but snap yeah. out and put together miniatures <laughs> that uh, include rifles and SMGs, MG42s, and MMGs, anti-tank weapons. So you've got your Panzer Shreks and your Panzer Faust alongside a mortar team and additional command elements at the same time. So if you were looking to do essentially all of the infantry <laughs> for your German force and you wanted to have a Falsch Mega heavy collection, uh, then you have basically everything you could ever need. You just need to go and buy some vehicles and away you go, essentially, with this. Um, or you just drop the Falsch in and let them do without vehicles. Well, Not yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you may possibly go blind painting splinter pattern camo. <laughs> yeah. just, at 12 just, mil I wouldn't worry about it no. sponge yeah. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that's quite nice about this talking about the scale and stuff is that um, uh, one of the things that Victrix has, has been, been very tight on with the sculpting of these is that they've tried to make it so that they've give them as most as realistic proportions as they can for the scale mm. that they're working at so one of the things that you tend to you sometimes get when you go down in scales is you get slightly big heads or big hands and that kind of thing yeah. Victors have tried to keep things as true as possible in terms of proportions, which I think is quite nice, uh, and kind of sets them apart actually from another a lot of other companies out there, which is really cool. Um, and from most most of the time, when you see the renders from Victrix, that's kind of what you're getting with the models. To be honest, obviously that, they're tiny, but that may, <laughs> that may look very this strange. Probably would work, but that's that's some of their twelve mil Germans. There you go. Yeah, very. That Lloyd hasn't robbed off you. Lloyd hasn't robbed <laughs> off me. Yeah. Give it time. I mean, yeah. for the scale, the detail does look impeccable. Yeah, I absolutely. Think sometimes when you're going down in scale, you need to increase the size of the hands it has to to keep them looking no. human. No, I think it, it might look quite odd. It does. This is why you end up with big pumpkin-headed people sometimes in uh, like yeah. ten and fifteen mil, um, whereas these look like humans without yeah. pumpkin heads on. 
I, I, I would also it. say that the uh, at this at the moment, hopefully it's still going by the time you're watching the show. Mm. Uh, they were doing bundle offers where you could buy entire armies for like the Brits, the Americans, and the Germans. So you can go to the web store and you can you can grab like a bunch of stuff together so you can get your vehicles to infantry and everything, mm. and you can make your own little twelve mil armies. For those people wondering, ah, oh, twelve mil, what can I play games with that? There's a game that they uh, showcase on their their web store called mm. O Group. Which mm. is very cool. So you can go and check that out. Which um, I believe was done by the kind of like sister company of Two Fat Lardies that sort of works alongside them. Um, so if, if you're looking for a game, that, yeah. yes, that's one. So if you're, if you're looking for a game that uh, that suits this scale, go and check Weirdly. that out. But of course, they could be used across anything. Yeah, yeah, anything at all you want. I mean, <laughs> it's World War Two. It's great. Yeah, I'm basing my stuff up for a different game, which is uh, Panzer Grenadier Deluxe. Oh. Yes, it's written by the same author as Ogrip. Oh, right. Many, many years previous. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, you, you can base them yeah. where you want, and because you're, I mean, when you're picking up that many figures, you're easily doing companies at a time anyway. So mm-hmm. like a bag will have more than enough to to sort you out for a lot of different yeah. games. Uh, so Very yeah, cool. nice mm-hmm. to see. I know they have one that they're they're working on um that's app based which I, I need somebody to load that onto an ipad at the studio for me so we can try it uh, uh just fire me the, the name and i will i will find it I will, yeah i can do it i it's okay <laughs> jerry jerry it's okay i will show okay. you how there's, netflix works one day there's i don't need to take me boy um but yeah uh interesting to see where they go as well yes, bbc one and two and uh, as long as we've got RT, I'm fine. <laughs> if they show anything that's mm. worth watching. All right. Um, moving away from the 12 mil, mm. the Trixie World War II, uh, yeah. Undaunted. Mm. It's getting into the world of digital. It's like it where is. I can't follow. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> for those people who have enjoyed Undaunted Normandy or have maybe looked at it and gone, oh, I want to pick it up but i don't have anyone to play the game with or whatever there's now a digital version of undaunted normandy available over on steam in mm. e- uh, early access i was about to say easy access but it is also easy to access i guess <laughs> you just pay some money and there it is um so this is a full digital version of the board game all of the mechanics are in there they're all the same uh it uses all the same scenarios plus there's two additional ones that they've added in for the digital version mm-hmm. you can play it in this kind of uh, 2.5D, 3D style, mm-hmm. where you have little um, sort of sprites for the different units and you've got little 3D terrain and everything like that. Or you can just click the little button, the little letter at the top that says M, and it'll turn it into the normal board that everybody knows and loves. Um, this, These are from a slightly earlier version of the game mm-hmm. because the one that I've played now actually has the, all the artwork included. So you've got that on the tokens and everything as well, which is really cool. Um, I will also say uh, that uh, you can play the game multiplayer, so you could have it uh, just playing online with somebody else, or you can have it hot seat, so you can both sit next to each other and just play it on uh, on, on your computer if you want to, or a laptop. Um, but there is also an AI built into it. The AI does not take prisoners, and if Good. I am sure that their dice are loaded in their fa- in their in their are, favor. Are you playing on hard mode or is there no like settings? There are three settings. I played on easy. It took me three goes to beat the first scenario. <laughs> Admittedly, <laughs> the first time I just fluffed it and was like, I don't need to put any units in that area. Oh no, wait, they can move in and capture that. Never mind, that was my fault. The second one, they just rinsed me. It was because I was playing as the Americans though, and the, that first scenario is actually a lot easier for the Germans. But anyway, um, 
Yes. Any, it's it's well worth having a go. Have at. you have you tried it on hard mode yet? I haven't tried it on hard mode because <laughs> <He refuses. laughs> I, I refuse. I will play on easy and I will win my games now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm right, going I, to go home today and try it on hard mode. <laughs> all right, I, I am going to say I like the regular board version of it. I yeah. hate the way the 2.5D looks at the minute, but if it's still in development, it's still, it in, is development. still in development. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, yeah, so, that's all I can say at that, on that is I don't like it as it looks now. Hopefully, it will get better. Yeah, I, I immediately I, pressed the I, M button and switched it back, switched to the tiles and the artwork. But there is about a year's worth of development left in the game, uh, and they are going to be iterating and changing things depending on what people say and all that kind of thing and finding bugs like that. and that kind of thing. Ah. It, I, I, I think it's fine. It's not as pretty to me as the artwork it's, and the tiles, but that's again, the, it, it's yeah. what it should be while it's still in development. It's functional. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that's really nice about this is that. Obviously, it does a lot of stuff behind the scenes for you. So, like Shuffling I played, cards. yeah, what's yeah, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Don't have to drop them anymore. Shame. Yeah, it still rolls the dice and screws you over. But there we go. Oh, well, um, is, is the UI easy enough to use? The UI is fine. I had a really nice time with it. Um, it needs a bit of clearing up because it looks very basic at the moment. Uh, so it needs like a little bit of a theme to it potentially. But yeah, like a little bit of a an, a wash over it. But um, it actually feels nice to play. It's very quick. Um, it's very reactive. And I, they've got it on PC at the moment through Steam, but they have said they're going to be going to app-based form as well. So maybe see this on phones and tablets. It, this seems like the perfect Switch game. Um, I, I could see yeah. it be doing really well on that, on like a handheld console um sort of side of things um but yeah i've I've had a really good time with it i'm i'm in the (laughs) playing through the second scenario now i've lost the first time but (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's probably because i'm still playing as the us but uh Uh, it's well worth diving into Uh, when we're playing D, all i'm gonna hear hear for you is for god's sake (laughs) (laughs) stop rolling a two I killed um, one of the Americans. Yay! <laughs> the early access version has, as I say, all of the scenarios for you to play through. So it's got um, every one of them from the core game plus the extra two, as I was mentioning. But the campaign will be added when the game goes into full release. So uh, over the course of the next year or so, they're going to be developing the campaign to so be able to dive in and play through that I as see. a linked series of games. So you're just cool. playing one shots at the minute. Yeah, yeah. So it's one shots, but. Um, at one shots, you can choose whichever side you want, but it's like as if you were just playing the regular Undaunted Normandy when it first came out, essentially. So, the good thing about this as well is that now this has been done and it goes, through, and once it's gone through the process of uh, development over the next year or so, it won't take them much to just turn, churn in North Africa, do the rest of the reinforcement stuff, bring in vehicles and things for different. Yeah, get Stalingrad uh, in there. Stalingrad, and then of course Battle of Britain as well, which well, really Battle cool. of Britain I think might take a little more work because the mechanics are slightly different in that game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so they might have to tweak things a little bit. But but um, if you like Undaunted really Normandy, or if you everything else is more or less the same, so it shouldn't yeah. shouldn't be too uh, difficult to do it. But yeah, but yeah. If, if you like the game and you just want to play it more, uh, this is a great option for you. If you like the if you like the look of the game but you've never played it before and you've got access to a PC to play this, I I generally give it a go. It's not too expensive and it's packed full of content and it just plays like the normal and daunted really. So yeah, well worth having a look at. It's very fancy. Very fancy. We're yeah. almost finished our campaign. Aren't we Shay? It's gonna be a sad day when it ends, Jerry. But we we've had a point in Stalingrad where um We've been given reinforcements, so it must be coming near the end. Yeah. If High Command has decided to reinforce our poor beleaguered units. Uh, Your guys suck. Here's some more troops. That's my eyes, fresh supplies. More grist for the mill, I yeah. suppose, is the phrase. But yeah, Undaunted's a lot of fun to play, so mm-hmm. uh, hopefully this will 
get out there to a few more people. Maybe yeah, people who don't yeah. board game yeah. ordinarily. There's been quite a, there's been quite a few interesting reviews on Steam where people have been like, I I'm don't even know what this is, but I've dived in and played it, and it's a really fun strategic World War Two game, which is exactly what you want, really. So happy yeah. days. Yeah. Right, talking about strategic World War Two games. Mm. Uh, Zero two hundred hours yes. is mm, off yeah. to Africa. It is. So this one's a little bit of a sneaky preview thing because mm. we're going to get hit, get a little bit more information about this in the coming weeks. But zero two hundred hours, which is uh, from Grave Now Games, mm-hmm. um, set up as a really fun skirmish game where you play as commandos and, and the SAS and that kind of thing, sneaking into German facilities and you know blowing up radio stations, freeing prisoners and everything else in between. Uh, you've also got um, things like the French Resistance and everything thrown into the game as well now, which is really cool. But now they're going to be moving from uh, Europe as a theatre of war to North Africa, where mm-hmm. you're going to get to take on the role of the SAS and the Long Range Desert Group going up against the Africa Corps Germans, uh, infiltrating airfields, blowing up refineries, mm. taking out tanks, and generally just annoying Rommel. Um, so yes, it sounds very, very cool. Uh, and they're going to be working with Artisan Designs yeah. to bring a range of miniatures out, both uh, existing and new, uh, for use in the game's expansions, which just seems like a great idea. So, yeah, I know yeah. 100% I'm there. Mm. The fact that they're moving to North Africa makes perfect sense for the style yeah. of game. The game itself is all about... Um, daring do it's not two armies slogging out it's hit and run it's it's the sabotage and there was a lot of that especially with the desert patrol group where they were you know 20 um jeeps tearing across the desert in the middle of the night to an air force uh, or an air base blowing up as many planes as they can and then getting out before mm-hmm. the opponent has a chance to recover and that is exactly what zero two hundred dollars is all about it's can you sneak yeah. in do the damage and get out the interesting thing will be how they apply it because i know they've got tactics and plans now that you can add to your mission cards um that change up how things work in the standard zero two hundred hours there's a lot of stealth going on and whether or not you're spotted I imagine that's going to carry over, which is going to be a bit interesting because a lot of the times when the Desert Patrol group um, had the option, they went for speed and power. It was very much the Jeremy Clarkson attack. People heard you coming, <laughs> but by the time they heard you, it was too late because you just do a donut firing twin 30 cals from the back of your, your vehicle, raking everything you could, and then away into the night again. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, it could mix it up a fair bit, but I like mm. the fact that they've gone to artisan designs to um to get the miniatures for it because there there's a wealth of really nice sculpts yeah uh, already, already sculpts, existing in there yeah so uh, which I have most of the Germans already yeah. so I'm I'm halfway there they're well, even talk, painted talking talking of that if you want to get ahead of the game mm. you can go over just to the artisan design uh, designs website and just pick up a bunch of stuff already and get yeah. started with it so if you wanted to get your hands on these maybe you get the models painted up and ready and then you could um, just pick up the 0200 hours expansion without the models probably in the future yeah just grab the card pack and away you yeah. go and away you go yeah because they're, yeah, they're amazing models oh they're absolutely gorgeous mm. thankfully thankfully an Estonian friend of mine sent me them painted otherwise i would have them but they wouldn't be painted uh, but it doesn't mean I'm, I'm you know i'm ahead of the game i don't have standard uh british troops though i've got um commonwealth in right but mm-hmm. maybe i'll throw those in for a bit of a laugh anyway mm-hmm. against the uh, africa Corps. yeah i'm sure that gray for now probably end up doing some of their own work as well i know graham does sculpting yeah. doesn't he so i'm sure we'll see some specific models and things for that as well but uh you have your own desert fox if you're interested in World War II, but on a skirmish, a very skirmish level, like very 
story narrative driven scenarios um definitely have a look at o200 hours and keep an eye out for north africa so yeah there's nothing worse than uh sneaking into a a base and then somebody setting the alarm off and then everybody coming to play with you yeah uh, well, i watched a playthrough where a sas soldier stuck up behind a german stabbed him in the back with his knife and then the guy who was on patrol turned around and saw him literally over the body <laughs> red-handed <laughs> and all ev- ev- all the shit hit the fan and yeah, it's, it's very very hard to explain that one away <laughs> If you have to, he tripped your, and your, fell yeah. onto my dagger <laughs> several times, sometimes backwards. But yeah, um, I was issued the wrong uniform. I'm very sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to them mm. branching out into other yes. theaters. Because uh, oh, I mean, imagine I mean, where it's going to go with the Pacific potentially as well. There is that, yeah. Although I was thinking personally, I, I just want a lot of ski-based troops, Norwegians, and do the Erdanger plants, yes. the, the hard, yeah. the hard water plant. That'd your telemark good. heroes, mm. the proper one, not the uh, Kurt Russell one, or not Kurt Russell, Kurt Douglas. Sorry, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Douglas. Here's telemark is particularly poor. If you can speak Norwegian, though, they have an excellent version of that, which oh. actually stars mm. the actual Norwegian heroes of telemark. They play wow. themselves in the in the movie. From <laughs> that is amazing. Nice. It's I, I do like when that happens. But yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Cool. That that side is your two hundred hours cracking game, mm-hmm. and uh, should be really fun doing it in the desert. Mm-hmm. We have a final story, which isn't World War Two. How'd that happen? Yeah, I snuck this in at the end. Ha ha ha! What a oh, rascal! Man. You'll see why that's funny later. Um, so, uh, Rogue Hobbies, which is the YouTube channel that was set up by Louise Sugden, who a lot of people will remember from Games Workshop. She was uh, part of their Forge World team. She then went on to be part of the. Um, crew that basically did a lot of stuff on warhammer tv did her painting videos and things like that um she went off and has started her own youtube channel where she talks about all her fun things that she's up to um but one of the things she's done recently is she started her own miniatures line uh, alongside her friend tom um so she has done all the concept design and the sort of artwork for these as well as designing things like the box and stuff like that um and they're now available these lovely little critters both goblins and gnomes as uh, a limited run I love of the instructions that's yes. the best Stick to base. <laughs> you are done yeah uh, they're available as a limited set of resin figures well 3D printed figures, sorry. Uh, or you'd be able to get your hands on the STL files if you sign up to the Patreon. So the physical miniatures, the first wave sold out like hotcakes, as you might have imagined. Uh, but the wave two is going to be coming. So watch out for that. So, you know, check out her on her social media or keep an eye on her Patreon page and things like that. But then the three miniatures that have been designed are available at the highest tier of her Patreon. So if you sign up to that, you'll be able to get these models for you to print off and and use at home and paint however you like. They're slightly bigger than sort of 28 mil. Mm-hmm. I think they're coming in somewhere around like 32, 35, probably, maybe a little bit bigger than that. Um, but that's so that you can get in and paint all the details and things like that, which I think is quite I'm nice. Seeing a um, theme of pet frogs. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a distinct um, Louise Sugden weird quirkiness to the miniatures, <laughs> um, which I think is really cool. But there's uh, the Fisher, the Fisher Goblin, the Goblin Knight, and then the Gnome Wizard that you saw there as well, which is really cool. And uh, I think they look great. Um, they've, they've a lot of touch of monkstone about. Yes, mm-hmm. and if they're sitting that large. 28 slash 32, then they'll be scaled yeah. very similarly to those as well. The, the way the, I, I saw these and I thought there's a, lo- there's a lovely hint of kind of 
Mooney Stone, Durgin Paintforge, if anybody mm. remembers them, they did a yes. really nice range of models. Um, I do they still that. make that range of models, actually. But um, yeah, with that kind of um, scale of models, I think they're going to be really fun to dive into and have a lot of fun, uh, have a lot of fun with. There's a video you can go and watch fun on where the whimsical, she, so yeah, I like them. Yeah, where she talks through the process, talks about doing the artwork, getting them sent off to be turned into miniatures, then going through all the creation of the boxes and things like that as well. So those actual sets that you get, the little miniature mm-hmm. sets, are very bespoke. They're all done by them in-house. Yeah, They build the boxes, they put the miniatures in, they pack them with the lovely um, bits of paper and everything as well. So and you get a little signed card and everything at the same time, which is really cool. Um, so watch out for that if you want it. But otherwise, just keep an eye out for the Patreon because I'm sure there's going to be even more um designs uh coming forward for this one uh it's it's called rascal town miniatures so that probably means there's a lot more coming down the line as i say uh, and they've even got a nice little kind of rogue trader style um naming convention at the bottom as you can see so it's mm. rh001 so i thought that was very cool but yeah very nice very clever i like Check it, it interesting mm. if people just threw some paint at a, a fun little model not yeah. everything you buy has to be used for gaming exactly although if you can bonus yeah yeah right uh that's all the news that's a lot of news i think Mm. we need a break let's go over to me in the studio look at me in a room by myself where nature intended and I have uh, a collection of the upcoming look, maps, calendars, books, and boxes uh, to show you. We talked about them briefly last week in the Weekender. Well, that you if you watched it then, uh, but they actually arrived. So now I can actually show you physically what they're like. And so we'll start off with the calendar, because I know this was a favorite of Benjamino's and mine. There's the calendar of many adventures with your maps on the back. And it is exactly what it says in the tin. A calendar, February. Ooh, my birthday's not a weekend. But you also get a little map for each month. Uh, And also at the bottom of the calendar, you get the QR code for the scenario. Uh, So it tells you things like fear under the sun. Is this delightful one on Easter Island or at least Easter Island adjacent? How green does your garden grow? Now that green. And there's our favourite with the errant coffee stain ring, which is called a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. But yeah, really interesting concept of putting together a calendar um, with all of these extra little adventures throughout the year. So cute to have, handy for anybody to plan their games as well. And it's also lovely and high gloss so you can write on it. We also have the big book of battle maps. So this is Rooms, Vaults and Chambers. Uh, they've done several of these in the past. You can see there an astoundingly huge amount of 60 wipe clean RPG maps. And there's a whole host from internal to external, although in this case, the external are going to be some sort of chambered vault rather than a nice green open pleasant landscape. So you can see we have your tavern where you start off, your schoolroom where you get murdered up by your teachers, a library, nothing bad ever happens in a library, or it could be a storage house, it's up to you. We have sewers, 
we have, oh, look at that, a dinosaur. Dinosaur skeleton. Somebody's got a, a very posh lobby there, haven't they? It seems to be a night at the museum because all of the various surrounding bits and pieces also have little trinkets on them. Work out which one's the most profitable to steal. So 60 of the finest caverns, vaults and chambers uh, to add to your repertoire of areas when you're playing. Another tavern, two taverns. It's almost too much fun and a casino. Oh dear. And that, which is actually a healing temple. Don't worry about the stuff on the floor. It's, uh, it's nothing to worry about at all. So once again, tremendous amount of stuff there from Luke. We have as well the Tricks and Traps bundle. Now this one works with the book, the calendar, and the two uh, sets that you'll see in a moment. But this is a whole collection of pieces for you to cut out for your RPG. So it contains that many A4 laminated pages, but they are double-sided, so you'll need to cut these out. So as you can see here, we have a couple of rooftops, statues, and fountain. But on the reverse, we have the runes, a sickly fountain, and a demolished statue. So as you go through, you can use these to add on top of other maps that you already have or onto some of the books or even the calendar. So if you want to add some rooms of your own, you can do so. The double-sidedness is always matching. So you're, cu you're cutting out specific sections, uh, but we even have external pieces. So you can have a whole host of various templates to use for cover, for terrain, for tree lines. Or if we go to the other side, we've got, don't worry about it, definitely not uh, a mimic carpet. And uh, definitely don't worry about this one. It's not a mimic carpet either. They're fine. These spinny blades are uh, part of a health equipment, so that's all fine. But yes, a whole host of all the internal scenery that you may need if you're playing around and need to furnish an apartment or furnish a vault, perhaps. So you can chuck these bits and pieces in wherever. Look, spider webs leading down to the healing temple. That's a really fun set of additional pieces that are handy to pick up for anyone and for anything you're planning on using because it saves you having to draw all the time. Uh, obviously, all of the look stuff is glossed, so you can use dry wipe markers and, and the like to actually draw on and rub out whenever you need to. Now, we also have the Journey on the Long Road and the Veiled Dungeon, uh, which are two sort of campaign packs. Um, they both follow a similar format. So the Long Road, it's one of the nice books. If I pop this open, that won't stand. You get a set of cards. And these cards are all the encounter monsters you're going to run into. So it has the fifth ed stat lines plus their abilities. So you can see them. And then on the reverse, Leshen. We have uh, artwork so you can show your party what's about to peck their eyes at or gore them 
in the woods, which is always fun. It also comes with a set of double-sided maps. So I believe there are 20 double-sided maps. As you can see, inch squares on both. So you can do your party movement if you use squares and the like, if you're not using feet and inches or meters or whatever it is you normally use. As you are wont to do with mappery, I won't go through all the maps because it'd be a bit spoilery because like I say, they are for the specific adventure. So this is a, I pop it to the end, shows you some of the maps there. This is a 63 page book and it contains the adventure, the story hooks, a list of all the different encounters that you may run into when you're playing. Um, it also gives you a list here of whether or not the creatures that you're coming into are unique to this book, created by Luke themselves, so that's in bold red, or if it's a standard D&D monster, it'll be in blue. So these are written for 5A, although obviously you can use them for any of your own games. And as you play through, you'll play through the various maps in the book, which will help you on your way. Uh, so the long road is random encounters, monsters, and a well-traveled vintage, which is all very good. I'm trying to see if I can find my favorite Luke monster in here, because it's got an amazing name. A Brobe Ding Nadger. I don't know what a Brobe Ding Nadger is, but if you're on the long road and you see one coming at you, I suggest you run. Run before the Brobe Ding Nadger gets you. So the long road is a gentle sojourn through the, uh, the world. However, the Veal Dungeon, much less so. It's a, a creepy entrance into the dark. Again, 20 fold-out maps and your 40 monster cards in this one as well. These all come with the digital components also. So as you can see, 5e cards, your set of 40, and on the back, it's a rope snake. Flying pages, which are bad dreams, apparently. Spideros and all sorts. Again, don't want to go through too much of it because if you plan on playing this with your group, it will be a terrible, terrible thing. I'd like to show you the back. The back of the long road also has one. That may or may not be a hint as to what you're facing at the end of it. There's our Veiled Dungeon book. And again, a whole host of 20 double-sided maps, or 20 maps double-sided to be more accurate. So the look stuff, as always, really nicely detailed, great visual colors on them. They really pop very dramatically, especially when you're playing with um, stuff on the tabletop, you want to be able to see defined edges very easily, uh, especially when you're counting little steps to get you into combat so you can do your strikes. The book, or the boxes rather, themselves also have detail in them though. So you can use them as an additional little dungeon or as a little themed dice tray. So both the top and bottom of the boxes for both adventures are like this. So there you go. Hopefully, that gives you an idea of what you can get with the look toolkits and uh, additional accessories. Back over to me, not in the studio. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won.
If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Thank you, me. So there we have it, like we said last week. Local battle mat stuff. It's lovely. It's really nice. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Excellent quality. And you know what? Since we're giving away Dragon Bane as the prize this week, mm-hmm. why not stick in the Tricks and Traps and the uh, Cavernous Book as well? Okay. There you go. Because uh, the Dragon Bane starter set has has a couple of mats in there to play on and it has standees mm-hmm. for stuff. So, I mean, if you're getting started into role-playing, if you don't have anything else, it's a nice little Brucey bonus for you. Don't say I don't give you anything. (laughs) Complain, (laughs) children. Right. We have a couple of Kickstarters, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to be sodding off. So where are we starting, Ben? Uh, So we're going to be starting off with Victoria Miniatures, who have launched their campaign for the Rough Rider Miniatures. So this is Project Warhorse. Um, anybody who knows anything about Victoria Miniatures will know that they have been doing amazing um, guard models mm-hmm. for Grimdark Universes and beyond <laughs> for a very long time. And in the era of uh, Warhammer, where the Astra Militarum are essentially just the Cadians, uh, Victoria Miniatures have been filling in all of the gaps and producing amazing miniatures to represent all the different regiments that you might find on different alien worlds, not just for Warhammer, but for any sci-fi game that you might think of. Um, another element that they wanted to dive into recently was the idea of creating some more sci-fi cavalry that covers a few more different regiments Victorians. you might like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are now working on a Kickstarter, well, which is very well funded, to produce a series of physical miniatures and also digital STL files for you to add a whole host of different Rough Riders to your various Grimdark armies. Um, there are a few different themed sets. So you've got the Desert Scorpions, Sobeski's Winged Hussars, Van Diemen's World Devils the Victorian Guard, and the Border World Rangers. Um, But because all of the different sets are modular, there's no reason why you couldn't pick up the digital stuff and put it together in whichever way fashion you like. You could have... I don't know what that's saying. Oh, Warhorse. (laughs) Warhorse. Oh, God. Could you not have had that scroll over the top there? Because that was horrendous. We missed missed the first one, Van Diemen's one, because of the massive... I'm just saying, I'm not great when it comes to graphics and stuff. But even I know that you probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, Ben. There you go. There are your galloping cavalry officers, as you can see there. Um, So as I say, available as STL files. Um, You'll be able to get a hold of them, print them off as many times as you like, make as many horses as you care to do so, and have as terrible a time as painting them as everybody else does. Or (laughs) you can get them physically, uh, where you get them as sets of, I think it's five miniatures. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get a sort of leader character alongside a whole host of the regular cavalry options there they're created in um plastic using co cast so they're mm-hmm. using um a couple of different techniques in order to bring those to life but you'll essentially get them shipped to you so you can build them and, and have fun with them which is really cool um the the quality of the stuff that we get out of victoria miniatures is probably second to none when it comes mm-hmm. to this kind of sci-fi soldier from the future uh, and they are always packed with character and have lots of individual detail and feel very very unique um so going for something like this to add to your force and really push that kind of cavalry element of things i think is very cool um and it will be very nice to see what people do with these as they come to life but uh yeah um it's been in the works Five for a little while horses yeah yeah, yeah. i wonder if rough riders are still as brutal as they used to be 
Well, as far as, far as I'm aware, they still blow things up quite well with their lances. So, yeah. To melt the bomb on the end of a stick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's not to like? They're very good in uh, one-page rules as well. If, mm, yes. if you engage with them early enough and don't let uh, Shay charge you. Yeah. <laughs> if you can move over a small pile of rubble, Jerry. <laughs> wasn't me playing them. That was Paul. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, the hand small of tiny rocks by one weakness how did you know um, it wasn't small tiny rocks it's a big wall you know which is fine when you're at a canter or gallop but you know just deploying behind it and then immediately having to get a horse to step over a wall you don't see them do it often in nature not many yeah, like, step climbing across. horses yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah loads of unique horse sculpts for each of them you've then got all the different bodies and arms and heads and everything can all be sort of mixed and match however you like so it's great going to be great for people who want to do kit bashing and converting um and they should work very well with mm. the existing range of miniatures that's available from the big company that did an epic game before the nice epic game that mantic are working on <laughs> um uh, so if you're interested in in picking these up definitely go and have a look at them and see what you think i think my favorites have got to be the victorian guard uh, well, it's, it's the aussies, it's the aussies cool. for me you like the Aussies. Oh, Wing to SARS all the way. There's still something quite nice about the regular Desert Scorpions as well, though, i got to say. Although I keep thinking Desert, and I think maybe they should have had Camel, but there we go. <laughs> uh, cam- Camelry is always good. I will say, though, <laughs> I mean, if you're basing your Victorian guards on British colonial troops, then those Lancers should have blue coats on, not red. But yeah. Uh-huh. But then it's sci-fi, that's so you can get away with the red. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, would, because I've got five, well, I can't find all 500. I can find about 300 of my Praetorian Guard, but they would be nice to put in with them. Mm. Yeah, although if you like your Tanith and want them to have something a bit more speedy. Yeah, mm. exactly, yeah. Not exactly the best for camouflage. If, you, if you're moving really fast, they can't hit you, though. So. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speed that's is kind of camouflage. Yeah. That, that's how that one works. Yeah. Um, sure. So obviously... You've got any sort of stretch goals on the horizon, or is it going to be a one and done style of campaign? I can't remember, unfortunately. But if it's got any, I might find something. I will chat on as we go. But um, if you like these, you can obviously then go over to the Victoria Miniatures store and you can get some troops that would work really nicely uh, alongside these models. Um, Or War Games Atlantic also do some very nice space Brits Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you could use with these, and they should also work incredibly well with uh, what we're seeing here from uh, that's very miniature. true yeah I'm no it looks like yeah, think yeah just not, not bothering with it just yeah. just fun the creation of the doohickeys and away you go so. see I, I kind of like that because sometimes stretch goals on a kickstarter can just go absolutely bonkers and then it takes you maybe three times as long to get the stuff yeah very mm. true yeah uh, don't yeah. need unnecessary bloat just mm, does no. exactly what it says on the tin which in this case mm. is squads of exploding lances with tiny humans attached to them. I mean, right for your face. Pretty sure that's how that works. I'd Groups like a squad of exploding of... horses with... Well, that's good as well. They're like, that uh, would be the 40k way. They're like anomalies yes. in many respects. Don't think about the grenades strapped to the bottom of your horse. Sim- similar but different. Why has the Claymore got the face forward pointing away from the horse at the front? I'd, I'd love a company strapped to make to goblins like squint cavalry. Yes. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> They're not already. Did Games Workshop know that? They did Squig Hoppers. They've got Squig Hoppers for Age of Sigmar. Yeah. But it'd be yeah. really cool to see them do them for. Yeah, it wouldn't take much to. I mean, just oh cut the God. cut the front of a lance off. Yeah. Spear goes little, away. Little Gretchen riding on the back of Squig, Squig Cavalry. 
Yeah. yeah and then you can have it just with like tons of TNT strapped onto it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. But anyway, uh, 20 make days sure you left. Yeah. Yeah. 20 days. Yeah. And cool. as said already, incredibly well funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a final Kickstarter, which comes via the medium of the Antipodes and Traders Galaxy. Uh, and this is a 28 slash 32 mil slash, you know, figure scale game called Beat 'em Up, uh, which is very much leaning into the 80s aesthetic that Trader Galaxy does for its games anyway, um, within the world of the sort of Bot War universe. Bot War. Uh, but this is essentially a 1980s Beat 'em Up game on the tabletop. Uh, so you will play as a group of heroes uh, in a double dragon Streets of Rage type thing, working your way through a map, beating up your opponent's thugs and again to sort of end level bosses. So uh, cool. It's, it's there, incredibly There's a name I haven't heard in years, Double Dragon. <laughs> yeah, oh, probably. it's it's all about that. I mean, Holy when Anthony does stuff from Traders Galaxy, there's lots of homages everywhere to Mask, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Knight Rider, all of the things from the 80s that were obviously fantastic uh, that we'd like to see. And now he's taken the sort of core mechanics uh, from Bot War and made a, um, I think it's called the Trader Galaxy Universe system, which is going to be a core system that you can, you can go and have a look at. I think we talked about it before. It's Available little, for free as well. Yeah, a little 30-page system, and then you can bolt on new styles of game to it. So the bolt-on for beat-em-up is like a little four-page thing uh, that explains how the game works. So you have a hero or multiple heroes uh, working their way through a map, like I say, uh, attempting to beat up your opponent, beat the end boss, uh, and then complete the game. Very arcade game styly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a couple of ways to play it. You can play one against one, where one person will take on the villain, the other person will take a hero or whatever and go against each other, or you can play one versus many. Mm-hmm. And then when you're playing, these sort of thugs are generated in every section of a map you go into. So you start with a three by three, and then you grid it off into nine sections, and you can't leave a section until all the thugs are defeated in that area just like in your side scrolling beat em up games you can't go to the next Street screen until you deal with what's there yeah uh, so when you enter depending on how many players are involved you'll get a different amount of thugs will come in uh, as you can see they have different sort of stat lines and a few different I, abilities here and there i love that they've gone with naming them because oh yeah thanks you street strange and you'd have like there's like three tyrone show up and you're like oh god <laughs> yeah well one of the interesting things that happens with this with the thugs is you randomly generate depending on how many people are playing and how far through the level you are. So mm-hmm. as you get towards the end, you're more likely to run into more thugs. But when you put them on the table, you can't duplicate a thug until you've uh, done one of each. Right. So you have to do, you know, yeah. there's like four different thugs or five different thugs there. So you can't just spam Goros at your opponent. So the game isn't going to screw you over. To yeah. Goros, for mm-hmm. example, depending on who you've got. Um, <laughs> I love that bit. Anyway, the um, the the set so far they, they come with a variety of different ways you can get into it. The biggest one is like twenty four miniatures, which is a set of heroes um, plus uh, like eighteen thousand and two or three bosses. With the idea that this is sort of level one, and in the future there'll be new releases that will give you new thugs and new bosses for other levels as you persist going through it um, but it has everything you'd expect to see in a beat-em-up game so mm-hmm. loot can be dropped 
uh, weapons can be dropped. And just like in something like, uh, I think it was in Streets of Rage, you would, if you picked up something that had been dropped and got knocked out of your hand again, it would drop and you could pick it up once more. And then if you drop it again, yeah. it disappears. Same sort of thing. So pipes, swords, guns can only be used several times. But they can be used by both sides. So, you know, if you drop that, if you drop that broken bottle, then a thug will pick it up and shank you with it. And that'll teach can, you. Can uh, I destroy terrain to get food to heal myself? There there are power-ups and level-ups and healing also available. And then because it's it's you can play it like a campaign style game, you can also find money. So there are credits about. And then between levels, you can spend those credits on things. So you might want to spend the the credits on picking up a handgun for a thousand credits to go into the next game or uh 500 credits will get you a one up so you've got an extra extra credit in the game so if you die you get to respawn uh rather than having to uh just watch your opponent uh ruffle stump your friend because you were terrible terrible at it's, your job it's so surely oh, sorry go on justin <laughs> surely i have to be able to have the base thugs in two versions where i paint one a slightly different color and he becomes more powerful yeah, the the the, the 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 vest is different, and he has different hair color. Yeah. Well, well, like I say, the the top pledge has um, two. Each thug you get three miniatures, two are duplicates, and then one is an alternate sculpt. If you go for the the big version, which means then yes, yeah, so you will paint one with a different colored vest, so you can tell them apart. Um, which is always oh, a good you, clean family fun, the, anyway. The thing that's great about this is that you've immediately got your soundtrack sorted. You oh, just yeah. stick on one of the goal, on one of the game soundtracks and just play through until the end. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And you just put on Big Trouble in Little Chinatown behind you. Well, yeah, that's true. I also I also love that in true eighty style, one of them is just a football player. Yep. <laughs> they all have backstory and stuff you know, before they got drafted. Because it still yeah. all happens within within the, the bot war universe, which means yeah. uh Atlanticans exist. The King Gill has attempted to take over the land before, and then all of a sudden the code arrived with the various uh, bots um, that sort of spawned out everything else from there. So, you know, coils are still a nefarious organization working in the background uh, with their secret hidden labs, and the uh, democracy are trying to defend themselves against all the terrible things that are coming. Um, but really, really interesting where this goes. Uh, like I say, you can download the rules. Um, so the 30 page rule and then the four page beat em up edition along with the cards so you can have a look at them um, mm -hmm. but it's it's just very very fun little I was going to say side scrolling beat em up game technically it's not side scrolling technically you play it on a, a, a three by three board but I imagine side scrolling I always I've always wanted to do a vertical 2D game at a convention and this could do that this could actually do it yeah. actually yeah. have your up and down and left right yeah. Well, you what you could actually do is whenever you're starting the game have the first scene open and have like a curtain across the rest of it so as mm. they move across you just pull yeah. the curtain across to the next section to reveal it that'd be cool but yeah interactive terrain is a doable thing uh and also stretch goals will add new heroes new villains and maybe even some new thugs uh as they work their way through Lots barrels barrels that you can explode barrels at people. pick them up and chuck yeah. them at people's head igor dragon oh, if he no. dies he dies he's a hero though he used to work for the, the uh, red star state but came over come over to the and side Shea of democracy has found Shea. his perfect character yep <laughs> dies, dies. he's slaying every single time yeah. Yeah. meter maids and all the rest of it the, when you have a look through the rules as well you'll see there are some interesting things so it uses the same dice as bot war 
Right. But they're, they're staggered, so you've got weakest to highest dice. Um, but there are also things like you have specialist moves. So if you happen to roll a double or a triple when you're rolling attacks, then uh, it does something else like a flying suplex or a spinning bird kick, or you turn into a dragon and burn everybody in front of you. It's the type of things you would expect to see in a 1980 speed yeah. map in yeah. the arcade. Um, so, yeah. And randomly, once in a while, you maybe just get a laser shot from bots who are fighting off to one side. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. I don't want to be shot by a bot. That would be terrible. Or stepped on by one. Hey, I've seen what happens when people just throw crates in bot wars. Uh, so. <laughs> wouldn't that be a cool thing if you had like a once per game special where you could just, you're in the boss fight and you call in a bot and it just stumps the boss? It's possible there are. Oh yeah, like, you can spend your credits to level up and to gain new moves. So you know, like the little annoying slide that you used to be able to do in some games oh, that were, yeah, you know, you just spam slide all the time, get somebody in a corner and kill them that way. So there, there's like a you've got More that banking. campaign feel yeah. that, that that as you play through, you get stuff and you level up your I character. Like I love it. I want you more of it. Spend your credits wisely. Well, it's a good job that Jerry has backed this, so everyone can play it now. I didn't even scroll down so you could see that chap. <laughs> yeah, but Jerry, it's it's from Traders Galaxy, and you have to be able to look at Sundancer and go, "Oh, you haven't got this yet. You, you don't have this yet. yet. <laughs> you don't have this yet." Oh, it sucks to be you, Tim. It sucks to be you. But yeah, uh, it's also funded. And there are twenty six days left on it. Uh, looks like it should be an awful lot of fun. Uh, Something some really the, different uh, and unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a lot of fun. Relive my wasted youth. So long we go, Shay. The eighties. Remember the eighties, Shay. No, I wasn't there. Uh, he, he, there I you? think Shay was barely a twinkle in his dad's eye. Oh, my word. Right. We'll leave it at that before any more comments are made by Shay. Um, we will be back on Sunday morning for some Cult of Games fun. If you want to join us over on tabletop.com to get involved in the Cult of Games, you can do so with a 30-day free trial. Don't forget, if you want to win that big bundle of Dragon Bean and uh, the additional whatever it was I said, somebody scroll back, find out. I will things. take a note and give Good. it to Dan. Glad somebody did. I didn't. Anyway, this is why we record things. Comment below and do all the rest of that good stuff. We will see you again next Friday for more of the same. Until then, have a great week of gaming. Bye bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.